Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. Hello. Thank you, Heather, for, for that. Hey, give it up for this band one more time. Come on. So good. Good energy. Good energy is what we need on Father's Day and Promotion Sunday, you know. God, is that you? Scoot back. Oh, hold on a second. Okay. I just wanted to see. Hey, good morning. Um, welcome to Montrose Church. I'm excited you're here. My name's Colton. I'm the high school pastor here. It is Father's Day. It is Promotion Sunday. You saw all the graduates. Congrats, graduates. Great job. You made it. You made it at least to the next grade, you know, at least the next grade. Um, so for those of you that don't know, I want to greet our online people as well. We had a service at Brazil this morning, and it ended, and then I, I drove over here real quick. And on the way over here, I was just like, man, I cannot get a ticket. If I get a speeding ticket, I will be down for 20, 30 minutes, and I'll, I'll miss the service. And I was, I was thinking about what if that happened. I was like, oh, I'll just call John and put him on speakerphone and just preach through, you know. <laughs> no, that won't work. But, but I was watching the speedometer closely just so we got here and we were in good shape and everything. Um, Pastor Dave is gone, as you can tell. You can be praying for him. He's in Nashville enjoying some time away with family. And he asked me to close out the Unclean series, which I was uh, excited to do because I actually wrote the Unclean series. Um... But you can still email Dave if you don't like the Unclean series. Because <laughs> I just did the outline, you know, and kind of the ideas. So that's Dave, uh, period, Roberts. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, no, but it's been a lot of fun. And so I, I'm happy to be here uh, preaching the last part of our Unclean series, part seven. And let me tell you a little bit about how this series came to be. So every fall we have writing retreat. The staff goes to a writing retreat. We've done it in San Diego. It's really fun. And we just pray a lot and we see God about what we should talk about the next year from the pulpit and, and all those things. And so um, we had that a year ago and I had this idea just going crazy in my head from this book I had read two years before in my master's class. And the book was called Unclean. It was by a Christian psychologist named Richard Beck. And Richard Beck uh, has written a lot of really cool books, and he wrote this one, and he's a professor at Abilene Christian University. But this book messed me up in all the right ways. Um, just his fascinating and insight to the Christian life and psychology and, and all these different things. And so I kept thinking about that, and I brought it to the table at Writing a Treat, and the team really liked it. And so here we are. Here we are. This is the last week of it. Um, and let me just give you a little bit more about the book. Dave has uh, just touched on these things throughout a little bit, but a little bit more about the book in case you want to dive a little further. But basically, the book argues that we as humans have a psychology of disgust, disgust and contamination within us. Um, and Beck argues that this is learned over time, right? We don't have those things when we're babies and little kids, right? This is why babies grab everything and they try to put it in their mouth. They're curious. And you're like, baby, don't eat that. Don't eat that, right? They're curious. They don't have yet those disgust and contamination mechanisms that we have when we get older. 
And so Beck argues that it's a good thing that we have those things. They keep us from, you know, ingesting harmful things or, or putting ourselves in harm's way. But he also argues the main argument of the book is that these disgust contamination, contaminations can slow us up and cause barriers to us living the Christian life. It can create boundaries for us if we're not careful. So we've talked about different scenarios in Scripture um, when the religious, le- religious leaders labeled people unclean and therefore wrote them off. So this year as we've gone through the tax collector, the bleeding woman, the Samaritan, and last week, if you remember, the woman with the alabaster jar who washed Jesus' feet. In all of these stories, Jesus destroys the traditional boundaries and ideas that these people are unclean, unworthy, and unloved by God. He shatters the walls and says, you are loved, you matter, and you are clean. Kind of the heart behind this whole series, I think, is Acts 10, 15. And God's talking to Peter about food, but this relates to our whole series. Don't call anything unclean that God has made clean. We cannot let different psychological boundaries and walls keep us from being the hospitable, loving church that Christ has called us to be. And this message is so prevalent for us today, as we've talked about throughout the series. We have so many people in our culture who are deemed unclean and unworthy, and the church has to love them. We have to be like Jesus even when we are uncomfortable and a little bit scared. And this doesn't mean, of course, we don't have some beliefs and stands on some things, but it does mean that we choose love and hospitality. Uh, The title of this morning's message is Unclean Incarnation. Unclean Incarnation, and that's the first point for this morning as well. Do you all remember the show Undercover Boss? Who's seen Undercover Boss? Okay. So I looked up, I was thinking about this idea and stuff, and I've seen Undercover Boss. I really like the show. And I looked it up, and there was like 15 seasons or something like that. I was like, whoa, there's that many seasons. Um, But Undercover Boss is a really awesome show. They take these really large companies, and the CEOs go undercover. And they work at the ground level with the day-to-day employees doing different things, right? So my favorite Undercover Boss episode is Waste Management Company. You guys know the huge trash company, right? So the CEO goes undercover, and he's like at the recycling facility, like trying to work the conveyor belt and trying to like, you know, do all this stuff and get the recycling stuff out, and he's really struggling. And then he's on the street picking up trash. And it's a really fun show because they're just, their eyes are open to how difficult the day-to-day job is that they've been removed from from so long, right? Um, and it's cool. I mean, sometimes he, you know, they build these relationships and they, maybe they'll bounce their salary up or, or help out their family in a couple you know, different scenarios. A few people are fired because they're doing a terrible job, right? Um, but I love the show because after the boss is no longer removed from what his or her employees and what they're doing. They know, and it also makes the employees feel good because they know that their boss knows exactly what they're doing day in and day out, right, in the nitty gritty. So when we're thinking of incarnation this morning, um, the word incarnation means embodying flesh or taking on flesh. So in Christianity, we have this belief that's very vital to us, that Jesus was made flesh and he is both fully God and fully human. 100% God and 100% human, right? Not 50-50, but 100% God and 100% human. So Undercover Boss helps me a little bit with this idea of incarnation. Because it's the boss of the universe, right? The CEO of creation comes down to ground level. He comes down to the nitty-gritty thing we call life. 
John 1.1 1, 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Word in these verses, logos, logos is the Greek, is Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. So when we say the word of God, many times we refer to scripture as the word of God, which is correct, but also the word of God is Jesus. Picking up at John 1:14 here, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus took on flesh. God came down to the ground level with all of us regular employees. Jesus experiences it all. God is not far off, but close. And we celebrate this every year at Christmas, right? Emmanuel, God is with us. That is good news. The incarnation. So Jesus knows what our unclean world is like. He came to this place of dirt, of illness, and pain, and violence. God is with us in our crazy and sometimes unclean lives. And because of the incarnation... Because of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, we are made clean. Because of Jesus experiencing the unclean, we are made clean. And my question for you all this morning is, do you feel clean? Do you feel clean? And I'm not talking about, you know, being a little stanky or smelly, right? I'm not talking about that kind of clean. I know we're not wearing masks in here, so you can probably smell your neighbor a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully everybody showered, right? I'm not talking about that kind of unclean, but do you feel clean this morning? Do you feel worthy? For all the young people in here, do you feel clean? Do you feel worthy? Because the good news is that because of Christ, you are those things. You are clean. You are worthy. You may not feel like it all the time, but you are. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we don't struggle with sin sometimes, but Christ makes us new. And church, we must believe and cling to that in the deepest part of who we are. I mean, we must wear it like a badge every single day. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. You are a new creation in Christ. But here's the kicker for the whole series, is that we must understand that truth. We are made new. Christ makes us clean, but we can't hold it within. We cannot hold it within. Holiness is important, absolutely, but you cannot let it build boundaries and walls to keep you safe and clean and others out. The church has done that for far too long. Jesus breaks down the walls and boundaries and shows people that no matter what they are going through, no matter what they've done, they are clean, they are worthy, and they are loved. So we have to be a church who fiercely loves and remembers because of the incarnation, because of Christ's life death and resurrection we are made clean but we can't just hold that within point number two incarnational ministry incarnational ministry the definition of incarnational ministry is the immersion of oneself into the local culture and becoming jesus to that culture now we can't become jesus right we know this jesus is the only one who is god incarnate but i love the idea that we understand our context and where we have been placed to be like jesus to others we are the body of Christ to represent Christ wherever we go. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this, 
Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. You are called to be a person who joins in God's ministry. Ministry? I know sometimes when we think of ministry, we're like, oh, Pastor Dave, yeah. Or the staff or Colton. No, we're all called to be a part of God's ministry. Wherever we have been placed. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have a mission to show others the love of Jesus. At work in the office, right? At home with your family, wherever we go. 1 Peter 2.9 says this. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. A chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And let's get something straight. We all know this, I, I hope. And if you don't, I'm going to enlighten you a little bit. This is not the church, this building, Right? I mean, it kind of is, like, I'm going to church, like, this is Montrose Church, the church. But if we're getting specific, which we are this morning, this is not the church. We are the church. You are the church. The people. Um, and not only are we the church, the body of Christ, but we're also priests, Peter says. Priests. Priests representing the people to God and God to the people. So you have a job wherever you go to represent God to the people who surround you. Francis Chan says this about our job as the church, as the people of God. In God's plan of redemption, the purpose of the church is to work together to reach out to the world around us. We have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light so that we can proclaim God's excellencies to a watching world. And the world is watching. Let me simplify a little bit. Church, we can't just be Sunday Christians. Have you heard that, that term before, Sunday Christians? We can't. There's too much at stake. Uh, when I was in high school, my parents were awesome. They might be watching right now. You guys are awesome. And there they were. They were. And they loved the Lord. And they brought myself and all my siblings to church. And, but if I'm honest, looking back, I was 100% a Sunday Christian, right? I knew the right answers. We'd go to church, Jesus, and then leave. And throughout the week, it was just back to Colt. It was back to my sports. It was back to what am I doing? It's all about me. And if I could go back, I would talk to Colt and shake him a little bit. And I'd say, what are you doing, man? There's too much at stake. There's too many people around you who are hurting and broken and in need of the love of Jesus. You can't just be a Sunday Christian. You can't. And so out of that, I finally started to get that towards the end of high school. And that's where the call to ministry came a little bit. But that's my message to young people. There's too much at stake. You need Jesus every day, and your friends need the love of Jesus every single day. We can't just be Sunday Christians. So here's my question for us. What can you do for the kingdom of God in whatever context you find yourself in? Whatever job, whatever gifts, whatever passions, whatever skills, God has placed you with those things for a reason. What can you do for the kingdom of God? And... I'm going off my notes here a little bit, all right? Don't tell anyone. Um, but we need to serve the church, the actual body of Christ, right? Like when we gather, those things are really good. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we leave these four walls, right? That's what I'm talking about. I just want to clarify. So when we go out throughout the week, that's when we join in mission. Um, now let me talk to graduates. Graduates, where are you? Graduates. All the graduates. Different levels. When we talk about incarnational ministry, 
going out into the world and being on mission for God. I think of you guys, especially on Promotion Sunday, right? Moving up a grade. All of you are about to step into a new phase of life. Junior high kids are jumping up into high school. And just like I mentioned, there's so many people who need the love of Jesus in high school. High schoolers, you're stepping into a new phase. Maybe you're going to, to work or school or the military or somewhere else to sharpen your skills. And maybe you don't know what you want to do yet, and that's okay too. That's okay. But you will explore different fields and find your niche. And God has given you passions, gifts, desires for a reason, so chase after them. But you have an amazing opportunity to use those gifts, passions, and desires to impact the world for Christ. You have a calling to be incarnational wherever you go, to be a person who lives for Jesus and joins in his mission to our world in need. And everyone else, all of us, right? You guys are like, I didn't graduate today. May we be people of incarnational ministry, people who are more than Sunday Christians. May we be people who destroy the boundaries and walls and go love people in Jesus' name wherever God has placed us. All right, point number three, take and eat. You guys know me, I don't mess around. Point number three, take and eat. So we understand the unclean incarnation of Christ, right? Joining us in the brokenness and the dirt and the pain and the violence. We understand that. And then we understand incarnational ministry, how we have to respond and be a part of God's mission. And now uh, I want to talk about an unclean practice that we participate with in a regular basis. And that is communion. Communion. You guys know communion. Matthew 26, 26 through 28. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. So every so often at Montrose Church, we take communion, right? And the church has done this for a long time because, as we see in the Matthew text, do this in remembrance of me. So the church has done it for hundreds of years. And um, the disciples, let me give a little context here. The disciples had no idea what was really going on in the upper room. Jesus is kind of talking about all this stuff. Somebody is going to betray me, and I'm going to die, and this is my broken body and my blood. And, you know, you can imagine. They're like, what? What are you talking about, Jesus? Um, but it's a powerful moment. And so we continue to participate with it. And different Christian traditions have different thoughts about communion and exactly what the theology is happening right there. Um, some traditions think that when the priest or pastor blesses the communion, it becomes God's, or excuse me, Jesus' actual blood and body, right? And we don't really fall into that camp. But we do believe that it's a means of grace in which Christ is present by the Spirit while we take communion. So we understand when we're taking communion, something's happening. And Christ is here by the Spirit with us. There's some grace that's going on. But I think we're too used to communion. I think we're a little bit too used to the practice. Because if we really think about communion, it's, it's a little bit odd. The blood and body of Jesus poured out and broken. If you've ever seen a Jesus movie... Um, I think Mel Gibson's passion does a good job about that. The crucifixion is not clean. It's not PG. It's horrific. It's gruesome. It's intense. So our unclean signals show, should go off a little bit when we participate 
in this practice. But it's such an important and necessary practice. Richard Beck says this about communion. The Eucharist keeps Christian worship connected to the gritty, oozy realities of the human body. It keeps us connected to it. We are a new creation people because of the broken, battered, and bloody Jesus who death could not defeat. So every time we participate in communion, it should be liberating. We are made new by Christ's blood and body. Um, but continuing with how this is a little bit of a, a, a gruesome thing, we should also be reminded because of this that no one is off limits. No one is too unclean. Everyone has a seat at the table. My old professor, Brent Peterson, says this about communion. The healing that occurs through this divine human encounter of sacrifice also renews the church together as the body of Christ. It renews the church together as the body of Christ. We come together and realize that everyone has a seat at the table. So we're going to take communion this morning. And I want us to just slow down and think about a few things. Christ's crucifixion was not PG. It was horrific. It was bloody. It was gruesome. But this bloody event is the reason for our salvation. Christ's death and resurrection brings us freedom and makes us new. So we drink and eat of Christ's blood, metaphorically, and it's kind of unclean. It is. But it reminds us that no one is off limits. And we are made clean because of Christ. All right, so you can get your communion elements ready. And the ushers are in the back. If you don't have the elements, we would love to get you those before we take communion. You don't have to take communion, of course. Um, but if you'd like to and you don't have the elements, would you just raise your hand and the ushers will come give you the elements. Cool. I hear the little noise. It's like, oh, come on. I can't get it. Who made these things? We good? All right. You got the little cup and that little wafer? All right. All right, would you just hold those out in front of you? And I want to just take us through a little prayer, declare a few things over us this morning. If you would pray with me in your head, you can bow your head and close your eyes while you hold those elements. Pray with me these things. God, sometimes I don't feel clean, but you say I am. God, sometimes I don't feel worthy, but you say I am. God, sometimes I don't feel loved, but you say I am. God, sometimes I don't feel like you're with me, but you say I am. God, sometimes I feel like what I do doesn't matter, but you say it does. God, sometimes I'm scared of the future, but you say I got you. God, sometimes I struggle with loving the unclean people around me, but because of you, I can. God, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for taking on flesh and Jesus entering our unclean world and making us new, making us new creations in Christ. And now we think about these elements and all they mean and represent because of you, Jesus. May these elements represent you here with us, Jesus' body and blood for us. May it equip us to be the church to a broken world. 
May we become what we eat this morning. May we become the body of Christ. All right. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, take and eat. Likewise, when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me, church. Take and drink. All right, the rest of the band, come on up, you guys. Pray with me, church, one more time. Gracious God, may we go from this place as people on mission showing love and hospitality to all, understanding that because of your incarnation, no one is off limits, no one is too unclean. Help us be the body of Christ. Thank you for making us new. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.